Hello, Ollie. Hello, hello, You must give me more warning when you're going to do that. I was not ready for that one. I love it. I love it. Just for anyone listening, we always have a kind of five, (laughs) ten minute chat before we start the episode and it's all very civil and cordial and we're talking like this. And presumably Dave turns up the volume so he can hear me and then we go, right, should we start? And I go, hello, Dave! And his ears explode and he recoils from the microphone and he desperately fiddles with knobs. Anyway, the point is, we are here. Sorry if you were driving. (laughs) <laughs> Hello, welcome to Sustainable 179. Welcome yourself, all my cackling, noisy little monkey to Sustainable 179. We are your friendly little weekly environment podcast, ain't we all? Yes. All about people and the planet and why, despite everything being noise, there are still reasons to be cheerful. And about what are we going to find some reasons to be cheerful this week, Carl? Well, Dave, do you know what I mean by nitrous oxide? Uh, that's the stuff that comes out the back end of cars and causes air pollution. No, no, that's nitrogen dioxide. Nitrous oxide is laughing gas. It's very naughty. Do you know who naughty. likes taking la- laughing gas? Um, Tories. <laughs> I don't know. don't know. There's a, across the political spectrum. But I tell you who does. Footballers. They're always getting Footballers. caught having, you know... The old, the old toke from a balloon in a club uh, and they're, they're naughty and we don't endorse that. But it is a thing they do. So we're going to talk about footballers, partly because footballers have had a bit of a blinding period in our view over the last couple of months. They have stepped up to all sorts of They've played of a good game. They oh. have played a good game. All credit. All credit. And the babble is very much a show of two halves. And in this first half, we're going to talk about footballers who have both in a men's game and a women's game, just stepped up a lot recently, not least on issues of race and racism within football and in wider society, but also on climate and on like saving the planet. And we're going to talk about a bunch of them and all the good things that they've been doing and ask, well, is it, you know, is it the case that we need NGOs and climatey people a little bit less than we need brilliant footballers to, you know, save us all? The other thing we're going to talk about this week, Dave, is everyone's favourite fossil fuel industry, the gas industry, because they have been full not only of hot gas, but also hot air, uh, as they have been trying to get lovely influencer types on that their social media to tell the world that gas really is the best thing ever. We're going to talk about that. And finally, Dave... We are going to talk about an awful lot of PR bluster and self-inflating aggrandizement from the world, in fact, the universe's favourite absolute behemoth of a company, good old Amazon, who have gone and done a thing climate-related, but it's a PR bluster. So there you go. What's the link? I had balloons. Oh, no, hang on. (laughs) What's the link? I had... Was it balloons? 
Well, <laughs> balloons. Yes, Can we just, just cut this bit out and say the link was uh, balloons? The link okay. is balloons. It was balloons. Can we get on with it now? Uh, yes, very good. If you want to, to pump our inboxes full of complaints, make sure there are inboxes, okay? Uh, I work for an environment charity, uh, so these are very much my own views, not theirs. Therefore, if you've got any complaints with anything I say, bung it my way. Uh, ditto Dave, but no one cares um, about his employment, so that's fine. Splendid. On with it. Anti of the week. So, anti Inhoff of the week. It's been a while since we've done one of these. Uh, so, for anybody listening who doesn't know what we're talking about, an Inhoff is somebody who is a knob. <laughs> Very good. You're on top form today, aren't you? Yeah, so that was that was superb. Do you remember all of the things you used to call Inhofe, the senator in America who doesn't think climate change is real because there's still snow? Do you remember some of the things you called him? You called him an armpit. You called him a douchebag. Do you remember that? You're not allowed to do that oh, anymore. You called no. him a bad smell. Um, all sorts of things. Well, he's all of those things and more. Uh, so we have named a section of the show after him where we look at some of the other inhoffs who've done inhoffy things. But we also have a section where we look at the people who have done anti-inhoffy things, who have done good things, who are standing up for all that is right and proper. And who is in anti-inhoff corner this week, Dave? Well, oh, now, this is an unusual thing. We actually have two anti-inhoffs, and I want to really talk about them both, but differently. The first, and they're both from the world of... Football! There we go. It's back. Which it's is back. It's back. Unless I'm bored of it already, mate. Unless you're in League One and Two, like <laughs> Cambridge United, where it's emphatically not back. But there we go. No. Well, only important football is back, and all the best teams are back and are playing again. And yeah, it comes back, and it's uh, it's all over the place now. Too much of it. It's like a World Cup, except with bloody Southampton and Watford involved in it. <laughs> And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Um, so, uh, but, but you may have noticed a thing that we have noticed. You couldn't really not have noticed that one footballer in particular has basically fixed everything <laughs> overnight. Yes. It was great. Well, I am, of course, talking about Marcus Rashford, who we just wanted to give a massive big up to. Um, who's Marcus Rashford, Holt? Well, I tell you who he's not. He's not. He's not Daniel Rashford, which was who's Daniel Rashford? Well, nobody. But Daniel Rashford is who the health secretary Matt Hancock referred to in an interview about Marcus Rashford, which was a absolutely brilliant example of how <laughs> ludicrously out of touch this government is. So, Marcus Rashford is a 22-year-old footballer. He plays for Manchester United and England, I think was the youngest person to score for England at Wembley or something like that. He is an exceptionally good footballer, born and bred in Manchester, uh, all-round hero. Um, And, well, he's taken up the baton of this campaign, which is to try and get a scheme which the government introduced in March to give uh, vouchers to people who needed free school meals normally to make sure they had free they had, they had meals during the lockdown. And he said, let's extend that over the summer. The government said, no, 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 no. And then Marcus Rashford said, no, really, we should do this. And everyone went, yeah, he's got a point. And then the government said, 
yeah, okay. And then Boris Johnson lied and pretended that uh, he hadn't heard anything about that until the morning that he called Marcus Rashford to say it was changing. So there you go. You know, I'm just grateful that that, he, that, that the Prime Minister did uh, change his decision and, you know, he understood and, um, you know, I spoke to him earlier on today and just thanked him for that and, um, yeah, it was, you know, it was a nice conversation to have with him and just that we understood each other. Yeah, and that made us think, that's interesting. Because footballers, so in the start of this episode, Ol, you said all footballers are off their head on laughing gas. And you've done a generalisation <laughs> about footballers. I don't footballers. think I said that. I said, I said some footballers like taking laughing gas, allegedly. And, you know, our photograph taking laughing gas. But yes, yeah. Some footballers <laughs> are allegedly photograph taking laughing gas. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Generalising about footballers. That's what you were doing, Ol. And, you know, they have a reputation as being uh, rich, cosseted, uh, environmentally destructive, awful bastards. Thick as two planks, not caring about the planet, not caring about people, not generally caring. Just wanting to score loads of things in the onion bag uh, and be little eyebrows at the back stick. Yes? <laughs> I don't know what you're saying anymore, but sure. <laughs> yeah, those things. And and they ain't necessarily. Because um, that Marcus Rashford, I mean, everyone, like, everyone was just kind of blown away by it, by how eloquently he talked about it, by the fact he was bothered in the first place, by his authenticity in basically saying, no, this is, you know, these meals helped me out, they were valuable for me, other people need them. Um, and by the extent that basically just by saying, no, I'm going to stand up for this, he managed to get the government, who for the 7,000th time in the last four months said very, very clearly they were going to do a thing and then immediately changed their mind as soon as anyone put any pressure on them said no we're not going to do that thing to change their mind about a policy and that now, I, I saw you I just, just before just before you bang on any more about that i saw you getting on yes. your high horse on twitter um you know, yeah. first time for everything i suppose uh about that so saying you four, were, isn't it uh, <laughs> you, you were fed up with people oh, saying God. they were going to do a thing and then changing yes. their minds and somebody i can't remember who but someone said well isn't it a good thing like aren't you aren't isn't changing your mind a good thing uh, so defend yourself. How far back is my defence going? No, start from the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this feels tangential, but whatever. It is obviously a good thing when people change their mind. I like it. I think it is important. I think it is the sign of having listened to a new a thing and change your mind. I don't have a problem with anyone, with governments. I wish governments changed their mind more often and just stick to stupid ideas. My problem, all is the way you change your mind. I think if you're going to change oh. your mind, what you don't, what you don't do is you Never don't say... satisfied. Never no, satisfied, like, are you? The, the, this government in particular has got so much form for, for saying we're definitely going to do something. It's absolutely correct. We're going to do it. There's no barriers to it. It will be brilliant. And then it very quickly emerges that that's a stupid idea. And then they say, yeah, we've decided not to do that thing anymore. And the better thing to have done would have been in the first place to go, we don't know if we can do this thing. Here's what we want to do at the moment. We're up for changing our mind if someone tells us otherwise. I don't get why we have to have this kind of willy-waggling way of doing government at the moment in particular, which is all like, definitely, definitely doing that. Yep, yep, definitely doing that. Definitely reopening all the schools. Definitely going to have a million people tested. Definitely going to give free kittens to everyone. What do you mean we can't? Oh. 
Now, what are we still talking about, Marcus Rashford, or do we move on? Well, we, we'll come back to him, but, but I wanted also, he's the first of the anti Inhoffs, but there were there was a more specific green related footbally anti Inhoff this week, um, who is sort of anti Inhoff of the week. And as a guy called Hector Bellerin, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Bellerin? Like Bellerin, yeah. Bellerin. Bellerin. Yeah. Bellerin. Um, who plays for Arsenal, um, which we'll come to because that's relevant, and who is big up into the planet and has form for being big up into the planet. He has form for being um, all into all sorts of social issues, uh, being a very interesting, very clever dude. And in the past, he has said this. With social issues, I think as footballers, we have a massive platform that we should be using way more than we actually are. There are so many things for me. The climate is a big one. Obviously, after going plant-based, going vegan, all the things around that is something I like to get involved with. Plastic is a massive issue as well. Growing up in the coastline of Barcelona and going back now and seeing all this rubbish in the sea when I enjoyed it as a kid makes me sad for the next generations. There are so many things as footballers that we could help more with. Which is great. You know, exactly what we're talking about. Footballers uh, using their platform and saying stuff. And he's particularly interested in climate and has been for ages. He's vegan. Oh, he's a vegan footballer. Yeah, I didn't know that until I read this quote, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what he came out and said was, just before the football all started back up again, which it did a couple of weeks ago, is he said, right, for every game, this is where the problem comes in, that Arsenal win between now and the end of the campaign, he's going to plant 3,000 trees in partnership with an organisation called One Tree Planted, who look very cool, who plant trees in the Amazon rainforest. And so for every goal, every game that Arsenal win, he said, uh, he'll plant 3,000 trees. So how many trees do you make it that that has resulted in being planted so far, Rob? Well, I mean, insert your own joke here. Uh, about <laughs> we could do with some trees being planted, Hector, not just none. I think at the time of recording, I think Arsenal hey, have oh, now hey, won oh. a game. Hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, yes, 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 oh, 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 uh, hey, oh, hey, yeah. oh, hey, oh, yes. hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, he should have said that he would have planted a hectare of trees for every game that Arsenal won. He- hectare, because his name's Hector of trees. So, uh, as we were saying, uh, he has pledged to plant, not personally, I don't think, but the, the, the partner organisation he's working with, One Tree Planted, are going to plant 3,000 trees in the Amazon rainforest for every game Arsenal win. And I think they've now won a game. They, they definitely yes. didn't win against Brighton and they definitely didn't win against Man City, but I think they won against somebody else a couple of yes, nights ago. I want ago. you so- out there, Hector, with your spade and your marigolds, and I want you putting those trees in sun. Yeah. Now, he's not the only footballer, by the way, who's done green stuff. Um, there are. Um, you wanted to talk about Gary Neville's Teletubby house, didn't you? Arthur? Yeah. <laughs> this is from years ago, and I, it was so long ago I, I had to check whether this did in fact happen. But uh, I was right. He he submitted planning permission for what was sort of unfairly, uh, or maybe fairly, described as a bit of a Teletubby house. <laughs> 
I thought of it as a hobbit house. But basically, he somewhere in a sort of bit of countryside near Bolton, he wanted to build a massive house in the sort of in the ground. And it was all very eco and in harmony with the landscape and very uh, low carbon and everything. But the bastards of Bolton and surrounding area objected to it and he didn't get it built. And it might have had something to do with the 128 foot high wind turbine that he wanted to stick up and this big house being in the middle of the green belt. But still, like... I like Gary Neville. He also, incidentally, uh, when the pandemic broke out, he turned over all of their hotel rooms to NHS staff and I think possibly other key workers as well. Said, come and stay in here for free so that people could self-isolate from their families and go into work uh, and help sick people in the pandemic. Like, pretty cool. I I like Gary Neville there. Never thought I'd say that, but I do like Gary Neville. He's good. People talk about Matthew Flamini, who's Matthew, a very interesting Matthew, player. Matthew. Matthew, Matthew Flamini uh, used to play for Crystal Palace. And is he still playing? Don't know. No, he used uh, to play for Arsenal. Not. Flamini. And Crystal Palace. Did he? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, anyway, he um, set up, he isn't just like banging on about a thing. He made a thing happen. He set up an organisation, a company called GF. I assume he is the F in biochemicals, um, yeah. which produced a thing that I don't understand, but apparently it helps tackle climate change. It's like a biofuel, basically. Um, and he set that up. And there was all, I remember when this happened, which is a good, good few years ago now. And uh, people would go along and they'd get the press release. And the press release would say something like um, Arsenal Crystal Palace footballer sets up biochemicals company is available for interviews so all of these journalists would go along and they'd say great so how do you think crystal palace are going to do for the rest of the season or whatever and he'd go no no no. can we talk about my biofuel please and they go yeah yeah sure 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 we'll come to that um so yeah do you think um oh, sam allardyce is going to last crushing, isn't it? it's <laughs> I know. crushing I know. Um, and he got the ump about it a couple of times but yes yeah, so there's him um and just you know some shout outs can i do some quick shout outs do some quick shout outs yeah i think i've got one more to add so we'll see if you cover it off okay very good well we'll we'll post a link in the show notes to this really cool piece on global citizen um which just canters through some footballers that have done good things we have to talk about megan rapinoe of course um she is is absolutely brilliant formidable yeah Yeah. um so for people who don't know captain of the captain of captain of the uh best uh, team in the women's game like Evs the American team uh, stands up to Trump takes the knee in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick uh, sues the United States Soccer Federation to get uh, equal pay just really really cool stuff basically she is fab um, and now you see obviously we have you know a white nationalist I think in, in the White House and you know, the, um, and some ones that I knew less about, like Juan Mata, who seems like a very yeah, nice yeah, guy. he's great. I did know about Juan Mata. Yeah, he's got some amazing foundation. I think for kids, possibly is it? I d- haven't researched this, but now that you said it, I remember that he's great. Yeah, it's called Common Goal, um, and it if you it gets footballers and sports people to sign up to it and donate one percent of their wages to good causes um, that, that work right. in poverty. It's really really cool and seems very nice. Um, and you know he's going to retire soon, but that one matter, Earl, because <laughs> um, he has a long career ahead of him in philanthropy and being great. But um, all I'm saying, they're going to get a. I, I'm just. Another another example, I think this speaks to this kind of trend that I've definitely noticed over the last couple of months. The football is stopping with all of the football nonsense or, or at least the football nothingness where they would 
give an interview and say absolutely nothing. And they've, they've started sort of speaking their minds. And it turns out they have minds. Um, and, all, you know, there's been a lot of people like, what's his name? Joey Barton will always, he's always claimed that he's a great, one of life's great he's philosophers. Um, yeah. He's also one of life's great violent thugs. Um, so, you know. Controversial. Well, not that controversial. He put a cigar out in someone's face. Um, so I think it's. Okay. <laughs> I think it's okay to call him a violent thug. He took to, he took to somebody with a nice, golf club, it? didn't he? He took to Alfinger Harding with a golf club, I think. Yeah, or took to somebody with a golf club. Anyway, um, please don't sue us, Mister Barton, if any of that is wrong. Please sue Old personally if any of that is wrong. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, In fact, please. actually, just please turn up. At, please turn up at Old's house. Don't with do that. I you don't, happen. No, please don't do that. I will pay. I don't. I don't have that money, but I'll find it. Please don't come into my house um but he has often made the point that like that the uh, footballers will talk about philosophy and talk about politics and they're interesting people why wouldn't they be um and one example of that came out the other day when that did you see that horrific mind-numbingly stupid act that some burnley fans did where at the burnley versus man city game they hired a plane and flew it over the ground carrying behind it a banner that said white lives matter burnley did you see that uh i heard about it yeah oh man it's just uh, where to start um but anyway the, the the point i'm trying to make is that when interviewed about the game immediately after the game um the burnley captain a guy called ben me do you want to do your me 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 joke now dave it's all me 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 with him isn't it very good. Right, glad we got that out of the way. Uh, he was asked about the game and, you know, whatever the question was, something like, how did it go? <laughs> or probably slightly more, uh, a question with slightly more journalistic integrity than that. Um, but he said, look, we'll, 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 talk, we'll talk about the game in a second. I just, I just want to start by saying this is completely unacceptable. It's really stupid. It doesn't represent what Burnley is about. It's missing the point of the whole Black Lives Matter movement, which we do support. And I don't know, like, of course he should be saying that. They should be saying things like that. But there's definitely, you wouldn't have been surprised if a footballer just didn't address that in the past. And I feel like generally they've kind of stepped up and stepped out of that very kind of bland world of only talking in nothingness about football. Ben, just how tough a night was that? Um, Yeah, it was a tough night. Um, I mean... We can we can talk about football, but it's something you know I, I want to speak about first. That um, the, the the aeroplane that went out before the you know uh, at the beginning of the, the game. Um, I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed to um, that a small number of our fans that have, have uh, decided to to put that around the stadium. Um, completely missed the point. So uh, here's the interesting thing then. Oh, um, after Marcus Rashford, let's go back to him. Oh, yeah. After Marcus Rashford made his intervention, uh, Labour put out some, the Labour Party uh, put out some tweets and some stuff basically saying, they're great, uh, we won it. We won that free school meals thing. Um, victory. And there's victory. And uh, quite a few people. Uh, there's an amazing tweet I saw from a guy called Bruce Gorry who basically says, who did this tweet, John Terry? Which you have to know a bit about football <laughs> to understand why that's so funny. But basically, you know, why are you taking credit for this? But the interesting thing is, oh, they deserve a lot of credit for it, right? They were the well, one the tabled... Yeah, they tabled the debate in the first place. They've been banging on about this for ages. Now, this isn't a party political point, right? But it's a point about, well, what... Isn't it interesting that 
the thing that everyone notices is the celebrity intervention where that isn't the only thing that's been going on. And it made me want to ask you a question about like campaigning and stuff. Yeah. Think about the amount of time and money and effort and vast amounts of planning meetings and cycles of intent and project wheels of involvement and all of those sort of things (laughs) that all of them big NGOs and charities go through when they're trying to persuade people to do a thing, right? Massive great things. And if they're very, very lucky, they might achieve something of some success, but they Mm. will be massive, massive things, right? And then along comes, in the climate space, an example, is along comes a Greta Thunberg, right? who basically overnight is an unusual person with pure authenticity who comes along and says, stop doing that thing, you're a wanker. And people go, yeah, great, we should stop doing that thing. You're right, they are wankers, and they stop. Or Marcus Rashford comes along and goes, no, obviously you should do this thing. And so everyone goes, yes, you should do that thing. And it makes me wonder, like, is is this massively important thing that we have generally been missing in changing stuff, unusual messengers saying stuff powerfully and clearly with moral authenticity is that a thing that we just haven't done anywhere near enough of in trying to shave the world save the world shave the world shave the world let's shave the world shave the world you and i are going to release a charity single called shave the world and i guarantee you now that's what we can do it's going to get us in quite a lot of trouble um well i think there's an awful lot wrapped up in your question there dave not least because it was a dave question that went on a while Um, But the authenticity is the word you kept saying there. And that Mm. is rather the point, isn't it? Like no one said to Greta Thunberg, is it Thunberg? My name is Greta Thunberg. No one said to Greta, right, what we could do with you. You're you're a sort of interesting messenger. Please can you go on strike Mm. because that would really further our strategic aims um, and help unleash our think rhino. Uh, They said... Oh, look, Greta has started doing this completely off her own bat. You know, it's easy to forget now, but she was not much more than a year ago, just an individual schoolgirl that nobody had ever heard of who started skipping school, sitting outside the Swedish parliament on her own in the cold with a sign. And it's because she is so utterly authentic and because nobody has come up with the idea of Greta that it sparked something in so many people and it sparked a movement more importantly and that's the same with Marcus Rashford isn't it it's like he wrote this letter I don't know if you read it but like very very powerful emotional letter explaining as you've mentioned earlier the circumstances in which he was brought up the sacrifices his mother made the extent he did rely on these sorts of vouchers and free school meals um, before them and how you know that that is the way that underprivileged in his case black kids get opportunities that wouldn't otherwise come to them and you can't you can't just like yes. you can't get that as a result of a of a team meeting of a as a focus group like you can't go and recruit someone to be authentic uh but i think when you find someone who is articulating that course yeah it's amazing but generally i think there is a lot of research that says that celebs who aren't who are obviously not authentic actually hinder the cause of, of charities a lot I was in a meeting once and somebody said, um, we, uh, how, how can we get more people to, paying attention to climate change? And then people just started saying, oh, we need to get 
X and Y celebrity involved, you know, whoever was flavor of the month oh. celebrity at that point. Right? And that's, that isn't how it works. And the whole point, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. It's, it's actually hit on something. You have hit on something, Ol, that I My think God. you should remember that you said and say it again to other people as if it was your My idea God. in the first place, which is that you can't manufacture authenticity. People smell it a sodding mile away. And authenticity is so, so, so powerful. But it does, um, it does answer another question I was going to ask you a bit as well, so I won't ask it. <laughs> Where, where someone said to me, um, I was banging on about how great it was Marcus Rashford had done this thing. And, and a greenie friend of mine, who shall remain nameless, said, um, yeah, but football has got really high carbon lifestyle. So um, I think they'd actually oh, said that. Like, what? Well, I think what they'd actually said was like, uh, they said to me, oh, do you think we should get more footballers involved in climate stuff? And I said, yeah, definitely, because they can reach people that, frankly, I can't. Um, and the, the then greenie person said, yeah, but there's a problem with, you know, hypocrisy and stuff. Um, and... I don't like there is something in that that you know footballers who earn vast amounts of money could be doing more with that money than just standing up and banging on the government and footballers who fly around the planet for fun and own 25 houses and all of that stuff shouldn't really be lecturing other people on climate change but it's kind of not the point right the point is about getting listened to and and making politicians do things right exactly exactly and i think that's where the difference comes in like if if a footballer stood up and started telling me as a individual to change my lifestyle to become more sustainable i would have a problem with that um but if a footballer like marcus rashford stands up and says boris johnson this decision you've taken is a bad one can you please change it and i think it is also worth noting that his tone was just remarkable throughout like he was even when he won there was no sort of or there was no he was never saying like what they've done is outrageous or unforgivable or inexplicable he was he was he was incredibly polite throughout and he just kept appealing to johnson and and the government's kind of better judgment and sort of you know saying i hope they change their minds and, and see that this is actually you know an issue of great importance and then when he did he said yeah i had a phone call and i was very grateful to him for changing his mind and i thought that is interesting because that's not how what i'm like in campaigning <laughs> I, I tell people they're bastards and then if by some reason they you know end up doing the thing i want them to do i go good but you're still a bastard and i wonder if there's a problem with that <laughs> and i need to take a bit of an issue a leaf out of marcus rashford's book Now then. Now then. We had a section. We had a section just there then about anti inhoffs, about people who are nice. But now we're ditching the anti. It's back to the inhoffs, the people who are absolute bum nuggets. Have I used that one before? <laughs> no, that's a splendid word. How would yeah. you describe a bum nugget? Oh, a bum nugget is. No, the... don't do that. Don't oh. do that. Right, good. <laughs> okay. um, I couldn't actually think you'd do that. Yes, who is this week's bum nugget? Oh. This week's bum nugget is, oh, it's not really identifiable as a person, but it's an industry. It is the gas industry. 
who previously we've all called like the natural gas industry, but I've noticed changes afoot. Everyone in campaigning world is calling them fossil gas these days, and I think that's a very good idea because natural gas sounds lovely. Fossil gas sounds a little bit more Jurassic, uh, and so we should refer to them as that. The reason we're talking about this industry, Dave, is because they have realised that the tide is turning on gas and that people starting to think, ooh, probably shouldn't have as much gas going around because it's terrible for the climate. And so they've Can got just, any uh, just to be clear, industry... Just to be clear, Ol, just to be yep. clear, Ol, sorry to interrupt you, Albine, um, for our transcontinental listeners, international mm. listeners, you, mm. you are referring to the not to petrol. You're not oh, yeah. About oh, yeah. Gasoline. Sorry, yeah. Americans don't... You, yeah. Gas yeah, is, even yeah, though this no. is an American story, but no, no, we're talking about like the stuff that comes out when you have got your gas hob on at home and the stuff that comes out of it. Gas. Yes, absolutely. Gas that is in the pipes that you burn for uh, to heat your hot water systems often and that you burn on a hob to cook your super noodles, that sort of gas. Your, and is in your bottom. And yes, if you're very, very clever and quite flexible and have a match to hand, you can have a lot of fun with the gas that's in your bottom. Um, <laughs> don't do that. I seriously don't recommend doing that. Uh, yes, we are talking about that, that sort of gas. And um, yes, yeah, so anyway, the point is the industry have noticed that uh, now that coal is kind of basically on the way out, massive generalisation, but we'll park that for now, people's attention is turning to gas because that is also terrible for the climate. Um, and so they've done what any responsible industry does, which is instead of engaging with the issue um, on its merits and wondering you know, whether they can accelerate the phase out of gas, they have employed some PR professionals uh, to come up with a strategy for making gas sound sexy. I'm just going to give you a quick klaxon for accelerate the phase out of gas. Come on. That, don't you? Come on. Accelerating phase outs of things. I don't think we accelerate phase outs no, on no. the Babylon. You can have mm. another one for arguing. Okay. <laughs> I don't like this student teacher dynamic that has emerged between <laughs> us, but it is That's fair. not what we do, is it, Ol? It's it not is what fair. We do. <laughs> Yes. So what they've been doing. So I we, we've talked before in Babbles previously. We talked in episode 173, uh, amongst other things, about Instagram influencers being the thing that certainly me and I imagine you all understand very, very poorly. Like, I don't get it. I am dimly aware that in the world there are Instagram influencers. We'll be talking to one next week. Stay tuned. We've got an interview next week with an Instagram influencer. Uh, people who like are popular just because they're on Instagram. Uh, basically, yeah, uh, that's well, it. Just, just to be clear, the person we're talking to next week isn't popular just because they're on Instagram. No, fair dues, because they're fab. Um, but yes, uh, someone like, and I don't really get it, but it, you can get so popular on Instagram that you can get paid a lot of money to advertise things. And some mm. people make a very, 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 very decent living out of doing so. And one of the things, if you are popular on Instagram, that you may find coming your way is you may find the American Public Gas Association saying, hmm, would you like, please, Instagram influencer, normally pretty younger woman, would you like to stand in your house uh, cooking on a gas hob and saying how brilliant the thing you've cooked is with a hashtag cooking with gas to which lots of Instagram influencers if this story in Mother Jones is to be believed have said shit yeah does the Pope shit in the woods um, <laughs> etc yes? yeah oh it's so depressing so much of this story really like breaks my heart 
But um, I mean, so, so you know, to be clear, to cut to the chase here, they're not the, the, the American Public Gas Association are paying are, are paying people to advertise their product, basically, which is what Instagram influencing is. I mean, this is not like the thing itself. The macro in Hoffery going on here is that right, like which all yeah. loads and loads of companies do. Like, if you ever been on Instagram and you see some very beautiful tanned person looking into the middle distance with a beer in their hand, you can bet you what you like that someone from a beer company has paid them to do it. Right. And it's yeah. horrible. And I think they've started flagging this stuff up now, haven't they? Instagram has started to put on um, on that on, on those kind of things. This is a paid promotion or something. But still, what's your idea for being creative? I don't need one. My job title is a creative. It says so on all of my awards up there. <laughs> because it's advertising. It's not as straightforward as, you know, oh, I like natural gas. It's a really good thing. And this industry body are an interesting place to find out more information. It's obviously, it's dressed up as a bit of a kind of cooking guide. It's like, hey, you actually get much better results from cooking if you use natural gas. Did you know? Oh, makes me want to weep. It makes me want to weep. And as to add in Hoffery to in Hoffery, and one of the reasons people have got the ump about this in the first place, the, uh, the Rocky Institute in America are one of the organisations that have flagged this up. Um, they have said the Rocky Institute. I don't think that's what they're called, Dave. No, you're right. They're the Mo- Rocky Mountain Institute. The Rocky Institute is something very, very mm. different. Um, yes, people standing in fridges punching meat is what the Rocky <laughs> Institute is. Um, the Rocky Mountain Institute have pointed out that the problem with a lot of the pictures of the hashtag cooking with gash, uh, gas... <laughs> <laughs> that is a different hashtag which I am going to look up right now. If you've oh, got God. if you've got the spine to do this, babble listeners, please do search Instagram or your social media of choice for hashtag cooking with gash. Oh, I give up. I give up. I give up. What I was going to say, I give up. <laughs> they haven't got adequate ventilation in their pictures. That's the problem. Yeah. So there's all these people cooking with gas stoves without any way of getting the gas out. So they would die if they even did that properly. Basically, that's it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sustainable of the week. Right, Sustainable of the Week. This is our meat and drink. Uh, This is what we're here for. This is why this podcast exists. Who is your favourite delivery company and purveyor of meaningless plastic shite the world over? Uh, I feel like you have one in mind. It's Amazon. Let's just say Amazon. It's I mean, Amazon. Just, yeah, it's Amazon. Yeah, it's yeah. Amazon. I, mean, I don't think. I think calling them a delivery company is rather underselling the breadth of their um, the breadth of their reach. To be honest with you, <laughs> I think that uh, might be true. Boss, yeah. boss of Amazon is richest person, richest human who's ever lived, or something, or certainly the richest person in the world. Very, very, very rich mm-hmm. dude called Jeff Bezos. Amazon. Yeah, whatever you know, what Amazon is, right? And what they have done, apart from bringing inordinate amounts of shit that you don't need into the houses of people around the world and state consumptions and devices that live, uh, little robots that live in your house, which you mm-hmm. can, which are always listening to you talking about the shit that you want to buy and then at some point will help you to buy the shit you don't need and as well as all of that and all the other things and the trillions of other things and all the rest of it and all the carbon of all of their servers and all of it as well as that all, they have also purchased the naming rights to a uh, hockey ground in Seattle. And what have they done? Well, they have decided not to call it the Jeff Bezos 
is very rich arena, nor have they decided to call it we don't like independent bookstores, so we put them all out of business arena, uh, or anything remotely along those lines. They've decided instead to call it, drumroll please, the Climate Pledge Arena. Ooh, uh. ooh, uh. Now, you're right. right. You, you okay? Another furball actual there. Gag, actual gag reflex. Why are you gagging, Dave? What's wrong with that? Where to start? Where to start? Oh, well, look, we're out of time, so I can't start anyway, really. Other than saying there are a trillion reasons that Amazon are not a company to whom you should listen about climate change. Yeah. A trillion. And speaking of a what? trillion, oh, <laughs> do you know, if you really wanted to make a difference to climate change, do you know what Jeff Bezos should do? I get the clue. It's not bung meaningless slogans onto the roof of a hockey stadium. It is, as someone says on Twitter, go and pledge your actual fortune, you weird demon. (laughs) Um, Yes, I mean, I think I'm not defending Amazon here or Jeff Bezos. Like, I'm emphatically not doing that. But haven't haven't they just announced a couple of billion dollars climate fund or something? Yeah, well, you know, sure, sure. Like, I know that's a drop in the ocean for, for them. But yes, this is clearly a very, very cynical PR move. Uh, and I prefer to take my leave from the workers at Amazon who have walked out over its total and utter failure to meaningfully address climate and its internal policies and uh, and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah there's been, been a workout cool. at, at Amazon, which is, I'd imagine that's pretty bloody gutsy because... You know, the the amount that... Imagine how much the workers at Amazon are surveilled if given how much the rest of us are surveilled by Amazon. Like, it it must be a scary place to uh, stick your neck above the parapet or whatever the phrase is. Uh, Yes, so I don't think Amazon are very nice cookies. And I think that this naming a brand new concrete monstrosity, the Climate Pledge Arena, is a very cynical way to, as somebody on Twitter said, desperately try and make the people of Seattle like them now. Things that went well and things that could have gone better. Right, so it's uh, it's 360 feedback time, uh, time for our appraisal. Um, how would you say the last few months have gone, Dave? Oh, very well, I think, Ol. We've had um, no more complaining messages than normal. Um, and I think in particular, you may remember back in episode 177, two episodes ago, we were uh, one of the questions we got asked was what our favourite swear word is. And the answer to that, spoiler alert, uh, was the word bollocks. Um, which we both like very much. We love or love being able to say it. We love its variety of usages. We love it, right? And one of the things we said was, if um, we, we thought that was a particularly British kind of word. We weren't familiar with it being used by other countries who speak English, uh, in particular Americans. I don't see many action films in which they scale down the side of a mountain and then say bollocks um when it gets to the floor um could be wrong about that but that no, would be a very sort of johnny very. english action film wouldn't it that'd be terribly hugh grant <laughs> oh bollocks um and so we asked for people who use the word bollocks in america and we got some um and the, it, laura berry got in touch um and laura says um, i'm an american who says bollocks 
Not infrequently, she says, but I have to say it quietly so I don't get made fun of. It's such a useful descriptor, especially working in the environmental sector. Um, Bullshit is the closest American equivalent, but definitely less sweary. Um, So there we are. That's at least one American that says bollocks. Now, if you are an American and you listen to Sustainable, we would like you to say bollocks five times uh, Mm. this week, please. And let us know how you get on. Yes, get practising. Right, that is just about it for another episode of The Babble. 179 of them in the can day, which means next week... What? Well, what number what, is it? What does it mean? Uh, one more than it is this week. What's that? 180? One hundred and eighty! It's what the last five and a half years have all been about. Thank you, Dave, for babbling magnificently as ever. Thank you very much to the wonderful Dickie Moore for the music that begins, ends and intertwinkles this podcast. And thank you, of course, to the legendary Arthur Stovall, who designed our logo, what you can find on our website and stuff, and also on our T-shirts that are available from said website, www.sustainababble.com fish for a very very modest fee you can get in touch with us and you can tell us what you thought of the show we are on the facebook at sustainable you can find us on the twitter at the battle wagon or we are on the email as well what's the email address hello at sustainable dot fish and the other thing is a couple of uh, you've regressed i have regressed i saw this hot weather um the other thing you can do well is you can do a couple of things actually so the other two things you can do well is if you like the babble give it a nice rating and a review on your podcast medium of choice and tell some people about it and then if you find yourself unusually flush you can chuck a couple of quid at the babble to help with the running costs of this organ uh, you can do that and join the other people who do at wobblywobblywobbly.patreon.com slash sustainable thank you as always to everyone who does right uh, well i think that leaves us nothing else to say other than well goodbye 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 bye bye now bye bye No, no one's going to get sued. Um, No no one is getting sued. No one's getting sued. No one's getting sued. We might get sued. We might. Well, there you go. It's been fun.